Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 48, with Matt Coyle. Welcome to episode 48 of the Makers of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, at T. Adam Martin on Twitter. Today, Matt Coyle is with us on the podcast. Matt is the creative director for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment up in Toronto, where he leads the design and creative teams on marketing initiatives for the MLSE properties, such as the Toronto Raptors, Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto FC, and the Toronto Marlies. Matt and his team have won numerous creative awards from many different industry publications or award shows, including most recently, the Clios. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for taking the time to come aboard. Thanks for having me. So I gave a a brief bio uh, in the intro, but I'd love to give you an opportunity to go a little bit more in depth. How about you tell us a little bit about your story, kind of leading up to where you are today? Sure. Um, I graduated uh, probably just after 2001 and got a lot of numerous um, small jobs along the way, working at different studios. And um, MLSC, the short form for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, was always on my bucket list as uh, places that I'd wanted to work. And I actually had gotten an interview right out of school but didn't end up getting it. And um, right after that, I ended up uh, working away at different places, and then a new position came up about a decade later that I went for and um, went through the process and was able to get it and have been there ever since. And it's been uh, an amazing ride. I've seen the company grow from a sports standpoint, from a business standpoint, from a, a creative and a team standpoint. And it's been exciting uh, throughout the past uh, eight or nine years. We've been doing a variety of stuff for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Raptors our AHL team, Toronto Marlies, and our MLS team, Toronto FC. And it's been a, uh, a lot of work, but a lot of fun at the same time. And the great part about our job is that we're not just necessarily one team or one brand, but a multitude of brands from uh, the sports teams to the sports store to the restaurants. And uh, every day uh, there's something new to sort of tackle, which is great. There's always a, a new initiative, new project, a new team around the corner. We just um, announced that we are having a, a D-League team located here uh, in a suburb called Mississauga, just outside of Toronto. So uh, we're going to be getting going on the development of that, um, which will be tied into the Raptors. So definitely an exciting time, especially as we lead into um, a lot of big initiatives this year and next year with both the Leafs and the Raptors. Very cool. Well, just for people that maybe aren't as familiar with uh, MLSE, and, and obviously it stands for uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, but can you talk a little bit about what that company is? You know, there's a, there's a sports side, but you mentioned the restaurants and things like that. So that's something that even I'm not necessarily familiar with. So maybe if you could touch on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. We um, uh, were caught, I guess the closest uh, company to us is AEG in LA and MSG in New York. And um, we own a multitude of buildings from Air Canada Center, which is obviously where the Leafs and Raptors play, to um, BMO Field, which is where Toronto FC plays. Uh, and within these venues, uh, we and just outside of Air Canada Center, we have Maple Leaf Square, which is where we have our tailgates and um, uh, and you know where we have sort of hosting for fan events uh, outside in, in our square. And uh, we have restaurants outside of our buildings. We have restaurants inside our buildings. And we've been able to build a brand in uh, the real sports brand. So both the the store as well as uh, the restaurants there. And I mean, probably about a year and a half ago, uh, we resurrected uh, a restaurant here at Air Canada Center called the Hot Stove Club. And um, that was a big initiative. And so they wanted a new logo and a rebrand for that. So there's the project work for the teams, but also for the restaurants and the sports stores as well. That's cool. And I think that's good to clarify that because, you know, a lot of people that want to work in this industry sort of set their sights on, on say the Raptors, right. And it's, and they want to go work for the Raptors, but then you almost have to understand and, and grasp that 
a lot of times it's maybe real estate companies or something that owns these teams and you're going to be touching a whole lot of different things. So, so what's, what's the dynamic like when you're kind of switching from the, the heavy sports related work to kind of going into the restaurant type stuff? I mean, cause I was looking at your Behance and, and some of that stuff has, has some different looks. Yeah, we, um, it always starts with, uh, we, so we have clients that are internal, so they're essentially colleagues of ours, and we um, meet with them to kind of get what their uh, objectives are and where they're taking it and timelines and, and all that stuff. And then from there, we um, sort of talk about who they're inspired by, who they want their brands to be, and take a look at the branding that has been done for those, um, for those restaurants and those brands that they're kind of affiliated with. And we sort of go from there and do our research and start to build up an inspiration catalog of sorts that we can pull from. Uh, in the case of the, the hot stove, which is the one we just rebranded most recently, that was a little bit different because it was a historical restaurant that was at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens. And um, that's where the Leafs used to play prior to Air Canada Centre. And so you're, you're getting to dig up more of the history aspect of a restaurant that we already own versus one that you're trying to uh, put out in the marketplace for the first time. Um, so the process is, is the same when we develop creative for any of our brands. It's really starting with inspiration and objectives and strategy and building the creative around that. Very cool. Well, and so I think that something that makes you guys unique is you create award-winning work. First of all, that's, that's huge. So I'm curious with all these, one of the biggest struggles with in-house creative teams, especially in sports, is that getting the internal marketing departments or executives to, number one, appreciate the work that they do, and number two, trust the work that, th that they do and trust their opinions and listen to their sort of strategic minds. And, and with that being said, obviously I mentioned you guys are creating a lot of award-winning work. What are you guys doing different? How are you, how are you able to get a voice in the organization and, and push your creative through? Uh, twofold, I think. Uh, one is that we're lucky that our colleagues have uh, great taste in what they want out of their creative. So rather than just a, you know, if you compare it to some other brands that may not be as creatively inclined um, internally, the they're not really asking for great stuff. We're lucky enough that people are looking at the the global brands of the world and wanting the same sort of creative caliber as those brands for our brands. So that's really inspiring. So they're they're sort of agency savvy type people paying attention to to what's happening in maybe other sectors of design and, and creative. Absolutely, yeah. They're following the major, um, you know, advertising design outlets. They're they're sending us inspiration sometimes. There's so much happening in the world, even just in the uh, the sports creative um, collateral that's out there. That they'll send us stuff that other teams are doing, uh, that other brands are doing, whether they're sports related or not, and just kind of take note, file this for later. Who knows when this might come up? And so we know that they aspire to have great creative as much as we do. And that's really exciting. I mean, we were lucky enough as well that we were able to build up our um, our catalog of awards and sort of showcase what our capabilities are. And I think one thing that's really helped us internally is that we've been able to uh, contextualize what these awards mean. So we're comparing ourselves and, and um, you know, we're in the same company at least with other global uh, well-recognized creative teams um, and we're, you know, we're trying to put out the same caliber of work as those, um, those creative teams and we're, we're aspiring to, to be like them uh, with maybe not the same amount of resources and timelines as they might have, uh, but we're, we're, we're trying our best to, to compete on that same level. Well, I think that's interesting. You know, you mentioned the awards and for freelancers and agencies, Typically, awards are great because they're they're good for self promotion, and and obviously all of us feel good to be to be recognized within the industry. But a lot of those guys are are using it to promote to get client work, like further client work. So I'm curious, and you maybe kind of touched on it a little bit, but what is the benefit of awards when you're working in house? The benefits are just to sort of show that the strategy and that 
the strategy that the brand teams have provided us and the direction that they've given us approval on, uh, coupled with the creative that we executed against, was well recognized both within the marketplace and our consumers as well as within the industry. So again, they're looking to review um, and they're reviewing other creative that's out there and they're, they're seeing that we're on par with them as well. So it's a, it's a credit to them showing that we are capable of uh, that they're choosing work to get approved and that we're able to deliver on that. I mean, what, what the benefit to uh, an in-house team winning awards is just to show the capabilities of what the team can offer. Um, we're more, we're multidimensional and we can deliver on, on so many great things and great ideas that it allows us the opportunity to do more of it. Uh, great work sort of awards itself with more great work and we're lucky enough that people are looking for us to deliver on that. Well, and I'd imagine from a, a morale perspective, uh, you know, and a recruiting perspective, the fact that you guys are paying attention to the mainstream creative world, other than just solely focusing on what's happening in sports is, uh, has got to be huge for your, your internal group. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great thrill. We're, we're totally honored when we win, anything and um, you know to be in, in these other winners companies is just um, a thrill and when you get that notification that um, you may have won something or you're shortlisted it you know the goosebumps go up and it just shows you know there's a lot of work time energy that goes into the creative itself and developing it over a course of time and we're lucky enough that when we do it it kind of shows the benefit of actually pulling that together, you know, and, and all the efforts that you sort of went through along the way were worth it. Right. Well, and, and how many scenarios do you run into where you're, you're maybe pitching against other agencies, your marketing team is outside, you know, occasionally it happens where you're outside getting work and you guys have to sort of prove your worth. I would imagine it helps in that area too. Uh, it does. We try not to compete with other agencies because we just simply can't with the volume of work and the size of our team. We're never gonna we're never gonna win in terms of competing against you know let's say it's a global agency or an agency with multiple offices. There's no real point. The point of view that we try to take is let us work with them uh, and help each other because we all want whatever the initiative is to be successful. So have us provide them the creative insight on what we can and can't do in areas to explore, have them provide us on what their strengths are, whether it's um, creative ideas or an outsider's point of view, and let us all work together with the brand team uh, and the creative team and the agency to come up with whatever is needed so that we have a flawless execution. Because in the end, then we'll all win and benefit from it. So you guys do have uh, an agency of record, right? Is Sid Lee, is that who you work with on, on a lot of your, your outside Think things. Yeah, lately, uh, Sidley has been helping us with a lot of uh, different initiatives. Um, most most recently, it's been the Raptors, and just before that, there was uh, some work for Toronto FC. Okay, so like the We the North campaign for the Raptors, which is probably one of my favorite cam- campaigns, honestly, in in sports. Just I think it's a, an interesting tagline, especially playing into location and, and that type of thing. Because I'm from, <laughs> I'm from the South, obviously. So hearing hearing we the North is is different, right? And and you guys are sort of really playing into that. Was that something that you guys worked with Sidley to do, or was that something that they did and then came and pitched you guys? And it was like, let's let's buy this campaign. That was more so directly with the brand in that respect. So they worked directly to develop um, a point of view. You know, what do the next twenty years look like for the Raptors? And what does a new identity, a new uniform, a new brand look like for the Raptors or an evolution of? Um, once sort of they're done with, the, with their pitch and, and the multiple approvals, we try to step in and, and, you know, it's almost like a baton gets passed. And we try to pick up where they left off and do all the other elements that they're um, that they're that needs to be executed for the brand. So there's so many touch points now for any brand and for ours, you know, it includes inside the arena, walk in the concourse, our social platforms, our web platforms, our season tickets. There's so many different things that you want to make sure that everything works together and they're able to provide, and they did provide a, a wonderful platform for the Raptors. And we want to make sure that we delivered on anything that 
um, that had to be rolled out from it. You know, every season is different and you want to evolve and, you know, we want to make sure that it lit it, lived up to the credibility and the popularity of, of that launch uh, so that we can carry it forward and people sort of embrace it and own it, you know, for years to come. Very cool. Well, it seems like that over the years, uh, and I don't know if this is serendipitous or something that was that was maybe planned out, and, and maybe you can touch on that, that the Raptors have kind of developed a visual aesthetic that became a little bit more minimalistic from year to year, and especially when the We the North campaign came out. Now, was was that, I'm, I'm assuming the identity was being worked on at that time, So because it, it all seems cohesive. Is that true? Uh, well, we like to make it seem that way. We, we try as much as we can to to make it seem seamless. Um, I don't know if minimalistic would be a word that I use to describe it. We are definitely trying to make sure that it's changing up year to year. Um, well, just in comparison to like the original Raptors, <laughs> like the '90s aesthetic, yes. to moving into a, 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 a cleaner, you know, a cleaner aesthetic. Yeah, absolutely. We want to make sure that it's current and it's modern. Uh, I mean, there's uh, things that we want to also acknowledge from a nostalgia point of view, but we want to make sure that it's, you know, 2000. It's the current season that we're in and that it's embraced. And I think the biggest part of that was the attitude that it provided um, and that point of view and and being disruptive and and strong and those keywords that we have from a brand standpoint and have the creative sort of live up to it. Very cool. So what is, uh, what's Drake's role with the Raptors? And, and more specifically, what's his role from a visual design and branding side of things? Are you guys and your team, you know, in-house at MLSE interacting with him creatively? Uh, it, it always goes through our brand teams and our uh, vice president of marketing, and they have sort of the direct connection through them. So um, we work with our internal teams, and then they work back again with Drake and his team. So he's not coming into your your office and you're sitting down in, in design meetings with Drake figuring out what what's coming up next for for the team. Uh, it wouldn't be that literal. I mean, because his schedule is so busy and he's got a lot of things on the go, he wouldn't be sort of in the studio uh, collaborating with us. But um, we definitely work with his team and uh, our internal teams to develop the final execution of whatever we're developing. Now, when you say his team, like, what does that necessarily mean? Is it is it like his? He has his own literal marketing marketing team. Uh, he has a team that he works with. That I mean, if you look at his OBO brand and his um, anything that's sort of connected to him, the people that develop those visuals and the creative for his own brand are the same ones that we work with for anything Raptors related. Okay, gotcha. Well, just like uh, any professional sports team rebrand, last year you guys unveiled. Your identity, uh, your new visual identity. I believe it was um, sometime around Christmas, maybe before. And there was plenty of conversation around the rebranding of the Raptors. And there also seemed to be a lot of pushback, which is expected in this in the sports world. So I'm curious now that the identity has been out for a while, and we're starting to see it activated in multiple mediums. How's how has it changed in, in regards to how it's been received, or is it still too early to tell? Um, people are definitely warming up to it. I mean, once you see the new identity on the uniforms and players wearing it and the new merchandise that's going to be unveiled with it, it'll start to come together. It's, um, it's difficult because there are timelines we have to adhere to through, uh, you know, even just feasibility of manufacturing things in time. And when you release something, um, it may not line up with how you sort of see it executed and rolled out. And what, uh, I think it, as time goes on, people are going to embrace it more and more, and they already have. You can sort of see the tide turning, and I think as soon as the season starts, uh, we just launched our uniforms um, this week, and as soon as that sort of gets to people start to see the whole picture, that's when it'll definitely fully be embraced. Yeah, and and I think that's that's a common recurrence in conversation on this show is that. You know, a lot of times when people see the identity, it's number one, it's a big change for them and people don't like change. We all all know that. But also to not see something activated, to not see it visually applied in all of the multiple ways that it's going to be applied and how is it going to scale and where is it going to go in in all these different areas. That's, That's what really the only 
time, then you can make a judgment on it. Honestly, in my opinion, is after it's been moved into all those different areas. And now it's the system has sort of been built. It's like, oh, now I can see what this is, what it's about, why these decisions were made. Now, obviously, that's from me coming from a design perspective. But, you know, I'm wondering if the the general public is starting to notice those types of things, too, because the general public in today's day and age does seem to be a little bit more design savvy than in the past with things like Target and Apple and and those types of things. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, um, the best is yet to come. I mean, we're uh, slowly sort of unveiling each sort of component and it's only going to get better and better. I mean, we uh, were trying to Last season, we were trying to wrap up our 20th anniversary season. And, you know, with playoffs, we started to sprinkle in the logo here and there. Um, but once we fully embrace it in all of the different touch points, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, we're excited to, to show what we're going to be releasing from a creative standpoint this season. Uh, so I just, I can't wait. And I hope people like it as much as we do. Well, you mentioned the uniforms and, and obviously you guys released those the other day. And I'll put a link in the show notes for listeners in case people haven't seen them, but it seems that this We the North campaign conceptually is continuing through everything. You've got the arrow on the side of the uniforms that points up, sort of tying that in into that. When it comes to designing the uniforms, where do those get created at? Was that something that's done in-house at the NBA or and in-house at Nike, Adidas? Uh, yeah, a combination of all those major parties. Sidley was involved as well. Our internal um, branding team was involved. Involved. Um, you know, it goes it includes our basketball operations and their point of view and opinions. There's a lot of people involved when it comes to creating a brand that's so intrinsically linked with a, a sports team. Um, so all of the above is what I would say. So what's the significance of the new gold color? It was um, it's our alternate away uniform, and um, it was the one that sort of Drake embraced and he was uh, influencing in terms of from a color scheme does it have any is there any like conceptual significance as far as like with the team like milwaukee has added cream a cream color because of the cream city um yes and no there some of those things we kind of have to keep internal in terms of the messaging until it's actually released out there but where i would direct you to is um, our website sort of describes a lot of that stuff we would just launch it in conjunction with the release. And when you click on the different aspects of the jersey, it kind of gives you a little bit of context for each one of those. Gotcha. I'll put a link in the show notes for the listeners there as well. Now, you guys last year, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, you did a, a tribute to Vince Carter when he returned to Toronto. And I, when I was growing up, he was one of my favorite players. I remember him, number one, I remember him in the McDonald's All-American game, then through UNC. And I actually even remember wearing his shoes, his and one shoes that he wore to win the dunk contest my senior year of high school basketball. What does he mean to the organization and to the city of Toronto? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't single him out specifically, but he's definitely, uh, you know, when you think of a, an alumni player that played in this city for this team, he's definitely up there with, with all of them. I mean, a uh, huge component to it, but What's exciting is what the future sort of holds and what he he sort of started it all for the team. And what's great is going to see people who were inspired by and um, who wanted to sort of emulate him bring their point of view into what the current roster looks like. You know, all the new players who've been drafted and are coming out of Canada um, definitely had a huge um, influence through the Raptors and through Vince. And I think um, that's sort of his contribution amongst others. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the Maple Leafs. They, they have a, a very, uh, seems like classic brand. One, it's a historic team and, and it has a very clean aesthetic. And you know, I think one thing that's interesting is that even though they're in a different sport than the Raptors, I'm curious, is there any crossover with the fact that both teams are owned by MLSE being the umbrella brand in regards to both being very clean des- design aesthetics, uh, you know, obviously in comparison to the things the Raptors have done in the past? We, um, it, it all goes back to that strategy and that point of view that we're trying to communicate depending on how the team's 
performing and where they are in their history. I mean, from the Leafs standpoint, we're um, we're heading into our 99th season, so we're one year out from our centennial, and um, we're de- definitely taking a different point of view this year from a creative standpoint on what that's going to look like and what that's going to mean. Uh, you always have to be cognizant of, well, especially with the Leafs, um, the heritage and the history, uh, but as well, you want to make sure that it feels current and that it is, um, you know, it is representing what the current team is on the ice. Uh, so, the, I mean, the Raptors and Leafs share different creative aspects and process, but they're definitely two distinct brands catering to two parts of the Toronto market and the, the Canadian market. And we want to make sure that they each have their own uh, credibility from a creative standpoint. And speaking of that, sort of catering to different different areas of the Toronto market, how do you guys mentally sort of deal with switching sports, especially sports that really a lot of them either cross over during the same seasons or they're literally in the same seasons. Uh, Everything from the visual aesthetics, sort of uh, switching styles um, over to just the workload. (laughs) The workload's a funny one because, yeah, they do collide at the same time um, or relatively. They're a few weeks apart from both their season starts. you pick off from the stories that happened throughout the season prior and where you anticipate the storyline uh, for each of the teams. You really try to take a cue from what's happening from a team standpoint, what's happening from a brand standpoint. What's great and exciting is the initiatives that are happening uh, for each of those teams. Uh, like I mentioned, Centennial, we're in our 99th season for Leafs coming up. Raptors are going to be hosting the All-Star Game uh, for the NBA uh, we're heading into our 21st season, so the next 20 years, with the rebrand. It's great when there's dis- distinct and different uh, opportunities for each of the brand and strategies that we can leverage. It's very rare that they both share similar um, paths. I mean, I don't think we've ever struggled with coming up with something different for each one of them because they're different sports for different target markets that we're really trying to hone in on and from that creative inspiration will come through and you'll start to find a different path and avenue for each one of them so that they do and they don't fall into the same um into the same sort of creative world we're trying to keep it definitely different and i mean uh the nba even the leagues themselves are a little bit different on how they approach um like their marketing and and their um you know, how, how the game is sort of played. NBA has always been very entertainment focused. And, um, you know, for hockey, I mean, it's it's Canada's sport. So you, you try to play off of those different cues. And um, we've been really fortunate over the past few years where that's really sort of culminated. And you get really inspired by what's, what's influencing each of the teams in the sports. And there's so much material to, to explore that um, it becomes really exciting each year when you have to develop it. Well, I would imagine, and you can you can vouch for this, whether it's true or not, that number one, you're mentioning hockey's Canada sport, and you're you're working with one of hockey's probably oldest teams. That it, you never have a problem sort of presenting a story. I mean, there's even when a team isn't doing great, it seems like that you can always find something because it's Canada sport and a Canadian team. Yeah, I mean, any of our, our teams in sports for that matter, I mean, there's always hope, right? I mean, even if a season doesn't go as planned, you, there's always um, things to look forward to. There's storylines that need to be told. There's, you know, whether it's anniversaries or player, players need to sort of rally around. You really try to find what's relevant, what is working, and build off of that rather than focus on anything negative because there's really no point anyways i mean you're trying to find the positive and and the excitement going into the next season well i think that's the beauty of working in sports right is that in a in a consumer brand if if a brand's having a bad year there's really there's no seasons you know it's it's you know there i mean there may be as far as like oh we have new products and that type of thing but and new campaigns but it's still the same brand whereas like in sports personnel has likely changed and the fans have a whole new hope. I can, <laughs> I can vouch, even empathetically, with this from being a. a I'm more of a college sports guy than than professional sports. 
I do love professional sports, but college sports is sort of my passion, and that's where a lot of my work is. But I'm a Kentucky football fan, and every year they're they're they start off, and it's the fans have hope, and and then you know, it, lo and behold, they usually end up <laughs> being one of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> but but it's it's crazy how every year the 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 mindset is it's new, it's it's this new fresh thing, it's a new year. We we're feeling good. And I think that's that's one of the beauties of working in sports. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. I mean, that's what makes it exciting, right? That there's always something new to tell. Um, we're not sort of creating something for the next three to five years and, and a huge splash right up front. Like every year is a little bit different. And it's exciting because things, even if you want to keep things the same, you kind of have to because you'll see that you have to tweak something for you know, because something changed on the team side or the brand side, like it's continually evolving and that's what makes it so exciting. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of your sort of relationships with outsourcing and that type of thing. Cause I know that you guys, I really discovered and really, I guess, paid a lot more attention to the work that you guys are doing up there through your work with Caroline Blanchet. I'm assuming that's how you say her last name, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's, she's French. French so <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, she's a, she's a, a, a rock star designer. So, you know, where did you guys find her at and, and what made you sort of make the decision to start bringing in some of the outside people for some of the, the campaign type stuff that you would normally do in house? Um, through, I, you get back to that inspiration, uh, discovery, phase you start to find people who have and fit a style that you're looking for and Caroline is one that we found through Behance actually and you know you end up reaching out to these people to see whether they're interested and when they're when you're lucky enough that the timing works and um, the cost works and they're interested in working with you great things happen and we were really lucky and it's happened a number of times where we've worked with photographers and illustrators and printers who we may not see face to face. So you kind of have to develop that relationship digitally and, you know, great stuff has happened and we're really lucky with Caroline and she did a few things for us. Um, and, uh, it turned out well. Yeah. She, uh, what was the first thing that she worked on the 2013 season ticket campaign? Uh, I can't remember the first thing there. There's, they kind of all blend together, but, um, definitely we picked up on her style and, I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, she was doing some great stuff already. And that's what I kind of look out for is when when they're already doing great stuff that fits your needs, that's when you can sort of leverage their work and their style to accommodate your brand. And that's what gets really exciting, is especially when they're looking forward to doing the same thing. Yeah. And you know what? I just actually looked at that. It looks like that was Chuck Anderson that worked on that one with you guys. Right, and her and Caroline have share sort of a similar style. It's in the same context, but Chuck was another um, great illustrator who helped us out. He did the um, pretty much all of the visual design for the season ticket package that year, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a lot of fun. Now, when they're doing that, are they sending you just the the digital illustration part? and you're laying out the rest or are they physically laying out the typography and, and all those types of things? Um, usually it's, they provide us the illustrations or the, the photography. We'll right. lay it out. Otherwise the, the, the tickets specifically are very intricate. There's a lot of detail that has to happen, but we try to provide them sort of the parameters to work in. But if we're working with a, a typographer or an illustrator who sort of specializes in, in type and type design, then we'll give them a little bit more freedom to kind of explore. But we, not, we need to keep people in the parameters that we need them to work in so that everything works together coming out of it. Right. Well, let, what about, so I was doing a little research, obviously, uh, like I do before every show on, on yourself and then also the team's. And, and I was looking at, just from a business perspective, it looked like in 2011 that the Maple Leafs and Raptors valuations skyrocketed. And, but it, doesn't, it didn't seem the teams themselves were doing that particularly well at the time. So I'm curious, what are some of your thoughts on that? I mean, what did you guys, is there something you guys did different at that time from a business perspective that would cause such a, an increase in financial interest? Uh, that, that one is more of a question for 
sort of our business uh, leaders inside the company and our executives. I mean, I, the only thing I could really um, say is that we have a strong fan base, both within the city and the country, that uh, we're really fortunate that they continue to stick by us season after season, um, despite team performance. Cool. So from a, a process perspective and internal, how many, how many creatives do you have in-house? Do you have in-house photographers? What, from your role, are you over? Who are you over? Who do you lead? Uh, we have a series of graphic designers, motion designers. Uh, we have a copywriting team, and then we work closely with a video production and editing team, as well as an account team that helps us sort of manage the all the requests that come through the studio on a daily basis. Um, from a design perspective, it's really focused in on graphic design, so a lot of print web stuff, um, and then motion design that really works within inside the arena, uh, stuff that you'll see on the concourse, um, things that might appear on TV. Uh, they work closely with our video teams from there. Um, our web and social teams will will provide them sort of assets that they can leverage for their spaces, uh, but they kind of are focused more on content development. Gotcha. So is there, when you're sort of brainstorming these ideas for, like say your season ticket packages, where, you know, one I saw where you sent out a towel or something, uh, you know, those different types of things for your season ticket holders, when something like that's happening, how does that process go? Is it, is it your marketing team comes in and sits down with you and they're telling you, this is what we want, or are you you kind of dictating a lot of those creative decisions and sort of pitching them on the idea of, well, we found this and, and this is kind of what we want to do. It's, it's gone both ways. Um, the majority of the time it comes from our ticketing and service team uh, on what will fit best for their customer base and their clientele. Um, but there have been definitely opportunities throughout the seasons in the past where we've uh, pitched an idea that we thought could be really cool and they were able to pull it off. The ones that I think of most recently are we developed these um, these blankets that were given out and we were able to design them and have them manufactured to the design and they were able to kind of go with the season ticket package. So that was really fun to see to execute because you're not always designing in your, in your comfortable medium, but you're able to design in different things and propose different ideas that you get to see come to life, which is really cool. Now, who was that for that you did that for? Uh, both Leafs and the Raptors. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I saw. I think I, I was looking through Behance and I saw, I, th- I think maybe I ran across that or something. And I, I mistakenly thought, oh, there's, they're giving it like a, like a, almost like a rally towel out or something. Oh, uh, that might have been, we might have been talking about two different things, but there was a season where we actually gave away blankets um, as a gift to different um, certain section of that um, fan base, depending on where they're sitting, and uh, we were able to kind of give give them that. So, but that was a couple of years ago. Cool. Well, I like the uh, well. I mean, I like a lot of the work that you guys do, but I think that the the Winter Classic jersey box is specifically a favorite of mine, and I'll I'll put some photos on the on the website page of this interview for listeners, and also in the show notes. But that's that's a uh, I think it's a great concept in general, but just from a, an execution standpoint, where do you like start on something like that? I mean, how do you, you know, you're coming up with a package that has a lot of custom things built into it. So I'm curious from your thought process, like, are you guys prototyping this out in Photoshop and saying, this is what it could look like literally like the 3d style or how, how are you working on something like that? Uh, yeah, we would. We kind of have parameters that it would have to fit on uh, a certain shelf space, uh, the, the number of quantity that they want to produce, um, how it would fold and fit into, or how the jersey would fold and fit into the box itself. And then from there, you kind of start to build it. And I think what would, made it really special was the inspiration behind it. So because the original Leafs logo, um, the Winter Classic was inspired by that one, we want to show the correlation between the two. And you kind of have this after uh, and the current jersey as it shot, and when you open it up, you get to see um, the original and where it came from and, and all the, the, the different details and, and intricacies of the original jersey. And, and that was sort of what made it fun was diving into the history and picking that apart to leverage it in the creative. Uh, and we were lucky because some of the details of the box itself, um, we worked with our printer, uh, Somerset Graphics, and they helped us source the 
the cord for the handle because um, it could have easily been a white piece of plastic. But we wanted the texture and the feeling to really come out because the paper stock was chosen specifically for that and everything was supposed to have this vintage feel to tie into the Winter Classic. And we, um, or they sourced the um, boat cord for us and the, the color worked out perfectly and all those little things sort of brought it all together. And what was really special was seeing it all placed on uh, the stand inside the store and how size and, and the cresting is all done. They package it up for you and they have this, or they had this wall of boxes sort of laid out so it really grabbed your attention and just made it um, a really great piece for us. The, the photography of it as well on the outside of it, the current jersey was really well done and it kind of had that vintagey feel. So it was nice because you got to collaborate with your various suppliers to develop something and they're really um, invested in it as well to make sure that they saw it be successful with you. What is the, is the outside made of some kind of cloth? Uh, it's a cotton stock. So the okay. inks get absorbed a little bit better and, and the colors are a little bit richer. Okay. So that's just a texture that you applied via Photoshop. Uh, no, it's like, it's an actual cotton stock. Um, but when we presented it, we mocked it up. Okay. Okay. Cause I was curious, like looking at that, I, I mean, that's really an interesting thing. Now, was that sold in the store internal store or did you have it out, outside at other retailers and, and that type of thing? It was, um, definitely, it was only sold in our store because that was, they're trying to use that as a competitive advantage. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, cool. So from a, from a creative and, and perspective in terms of your culture inside, you know, you're telling us your the, the amount of people that you have inside, what types of things are you guys doing internally to remain inspired, you know, to the outside world? Cause I, I know that it's really easy to be working in house at a sports team and get so sucked into the day to day that you just quit paying attention to what's happening everywhere else in the industry as a whole, not necessarily just in sports. So what types of things are you guys doing um, either from like a team building perspective or just like sharing resources and inspiration perspective to stay in touch with what's happening in the design world and, and branding world in general? Uh, well, we're fortunate enough to work really closely together just from a physical standpoint. So there's a lot of sharing and, and talking going around. Uh, we're also lucky that we have a bunch of TVs in the office. So, you know, you have your sports stations going on, you're watching marquee events, uh, even during the day, depending on what's going on, press conferences, that sort of stuff. But there's definitely a lot of sharing going on. And um, because we have multiple teams and there's so much work that needs to be done just from a, even just beyond the team aspect, but just initiatives that we're trying to, um, develop and merchandise lines. We're constantly looking for inspiration, and it sounds sort of cliche and cheesy, but it it always comes down to the passion of it. So when you get it, a cool opportunity, you want to sort of maximize it. So whether that's t-shirt designs or season creative, um, you know that you get another chance to do it again uh, for this upcoming season. So you want to make sure it's the best it can be because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, one great successful project can lead into another and it just sort of fuels you. Um, but we, we're definitely always sharing and keeping things in mind and, and filing things. And um, even things that our, our brand teams will tell us will inspire us or trigger an idea. Um, and that sort of helps as well. And then you kind of get people's different perspectives uh, and whoever is sort of most passionate about something or whether they already have an idea can jump on and participate in it. We definitely try to make sure it's a collaborative team effort um, I've worked in places where it's been very competitive and you're, you're fighting against, you know, quote unquote, fighting against your other designers for better, uh, projects, but this is, there's so much great work and you can make it as great as you want it to be that it, the, the more that we can sort of participate together as a team, the better it is for everybody. Very cool. Well, I know that you mentioned a little bit earlier that you've got some things coming. So what, what types of, what types of things should we as the audience be looking for maybe that are going to be unveiled in the future? Uh, is there anything that you can kind of give us a little hint on that, you know, that we can kind of pay attention to and, and be on the lookout for coming from either any of your teams or just your organization in general? Uh, this season for the Leafs is, um, well, Leafs and Raptors, I would say right now, probably because we're in the thick of it as we speak. Um, but it's really going to be exciting from a Leafs standpoint with the 99th season. And we're, we're taking a different turn this year with 
uh, our season creative. It's going to be something that uh, we've never, ever done before. And we're so fortunate enough that everyone sort of bought into it internally. And we're really looking forward to seeing this uh, get completed and roll itself out because there's so much. It, it's I don't think anyone's ever really done anything quite like this for quite some time. The Raptors, um, it, there's so much to look forward to from a uh, event standpoint to a rebrand standpoint. Uh, again, we tried to do things differently and, and never or try not to repeat ourselves um, and try to come up with different ideas and different executions. So both of those those sets of creative that we're going to be releasing this fall in the next month or so are things that I'd really sort of keep an eye out for. Uh, we'll be posting some of that stuff on our website uh, once it is sort of released and out there and uh, made public, and then we can um, look forward to sort of sharing it with uh, with everyone who's sort of following us. Very cool, and and that'll be the team specific websites, right? When all that when all those things are released, or does that also come out through MSLE? MLSE, I keep mix, mixing that up. <laughs> uh, we have our own uh, portfolio site that we developed in the, this year, actually, where we sort of post up some of the bigger executions that we have, as well as smaller executions, whether it's, um, you know, you'll see from there, but we have our own sort of portfolio site that we developed and we took a cue from Target's creative team and they did such a great job there. Uh, ours is mlcdesign.com. Okay, cool. I'll put a link in the show notes. I think that's a... That's an interesting move that that you guys are doing that, and I know that that was that's been an idea that's been tossed around at some other professional sports organizations. Uh, getting that out, of course, there's always the whole thing where what can you show, what can you not show, type of thing. <laughs> you know, what's some of the secretive stuff where maybe you're pitching a free agent or or, or those types of things are always always sometimes the most interesting work that can never never be put out to the public unfortunately it seems yeah you, you definitely don't want to show that stuff <laughs> well even when it's over right like if you i mean if you land a free agent can you show the stuff when it's when it's done like if they sign and it's a done deal can you show it then never never publicly yeah because it's it's your own little little formula huh? your own little secret you do things different than the other organizations Exactly. I mean, all, all they need to do, like, it, when it comes to that point, we're competing against other teams for the same asset, whether that's a, a player or otherwise. And I'd never want to uh, jeopardize any of that through the creative. As much as I'd love to share it, uh, it would never get out there in a public standpoint. But we do share things that anything that's out there in the public that has been approved and embraced um, through our team accounts or our. Um, our teams themselves, it's, it's all out there. So an example you'll see on our portfolio site is our um, pitch for Lou Williams' six-man, uh, winning the six-man of the year award through the mm -hmm. NBA. So we did a little package for that that you can see. Uh, that was really fun. And what was great was that he actually won it. Same thing with Kyle Lowry. Uh, we uh, developed a little package uh, to get people to vote for him to get into All-Star, and that worked. So we like to post the things that are successful and that have... Um, Main impact. They might not be full on season creative, but they're just as important for the moment and the initiative. And um, it's fun to post that stuff as well. And so, in the next mm, month and a half or so, we'll probably have some some more stuff to share on our site. Um, but you can see the stuff that we just sort of came off of. And then TFC uh, has some new stuff as well, where our motion design team um, did a great job developing some some cartoon animatics for um, some of our players and our season creative to kind of get uh, people involved. And we have one that's out there and there possibly could be more to come. Very cool. And again, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody listening. Matt, I appreciate your time. Where can listeners uh, support you guys other than that? Maybe you specifically follow you online and that type of thing. Uh, you can follow me online at, at Matt Coiler. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. Um, I'm on Behance and we have our um, MLC.com, MLCdesign.com website that um, you can keep an update on as well. Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time for coming on the show. And uh, you guys do, I'm a big fan of the work that you guys do. So keep it up and, and we'll definitely be looking for those future campaigns. Thank you. The next interview show is going to be a bit different as I'll be having two guests that wouldn't typically fit into our usual audience or, or guest lineup. They do, however, 
do very creative things in sports and business. Alan Stein and Adam Bradley of the Hardwood Hustle are joining the show. Alan Stein is the strength and conditioning coach at DeMatha High School, where he has worked with many NBA players that graduated from there, including Kevin Durant. Adam Bradley is the CEO of Ball Hogs Radio, which is Baltimore and Washington area's largest fan sports network. And together, the two host a podcast called The Hardwood Hustle, which has grown very big. And, and it's something that I personally listen to religiously. Uh, it's quite popular in the basketball community. And those of you who listen to Makers of Sport know what a big basketball fan I am. Their podcast is sort of more specifically geared towards coaching uh, and bettering youth through the sport of basketball and life. But they also touch on a lot of business-related, sports business-related things, entrepreneurial-type things, and and productivity and, and sort of bettering yourself as well. Some of their guests include Jay Billis, Kevin Durant, Mark Cuban, and many, many more. So it'll be an interesting show where we'll touch on alternative ways to use your creativity to start or work in a sports-related business other than working directly for teams or or freelancing. So big thanks again to Matt Coyle of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment for coming aboard the show. Again, please be sure to follow him and connect with him on Twitter. Uh, also, the, the website that he mentioned, mlsedesign.com, is where they have a lot of their work. Also, be sure to head over to makersofsport.com slash episodes to hear previous guests and especially the halftime episodes where I discuss entrepreneurship, freelance, and more in the sports industry. And don't forget about Weekend Reads, a weekly newsletter where I write exclusive content only for subscribers. I'll typically write about the things I'm reading, um, talk about what I find inspiring personally for the week, or, or even reveal upcoming guests that I don't necessarily announce publicly. So in addition on that list, you'll be notified uh, of the podcast show notes every week after an episode is delivered uh, right to your inbox. So please go there, support the show by signing up makersofsport.com slash email. Lastly, please take one to two minutes, head over to makersofsport.com slash iTunes hit the five star and write about your experience with the show. If you have gotten value from myself or any of the guests that come on this show, then please share the podcast, rate the content and write the value that you got from it so that others can find the value as well. Uh, I'll always accept likes on rating Stitcher, SoundCloud or wherever you happen to be listening. I'm at T Adam Martin on Twitter and dribble. The show is at makers of sport until next time. Have a good week.